Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of Compliance into the Weeds, Matt Kelly and I take a look at not a speak-up culture, but a listen-up culture and why a listen-up culture is so critical to the success of your internal reporting system. We conclude by talking about listening as a conversation. And now I'd like to share with you a few thoughts about Ethisphere and their world's most ethical company awards. Do you work for one of the world's most ethical companies? Well, why not get the recognition you deserve for building a world-class ethics and compliance program at your company? You can do so by applying now to be considered for the 2022 class of World's Most Ethical Companies honorees by completing Ethisphere's online assessment. But more than simply completing the assessment, you can receive a scorecard that allows you to benchmark your compliance program against other honorees, and you'll also receive a three-month associate membership to the Business Ethics Leadership Alliance if you complete the application by the November 12 deadline. To get started, download the free application guide and learn more about the process by visiting worldsmostethicalcompanies.com. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Today, we're going to take up a topic that Matt recently blogged about based upon an event he participated in, which was not so much a culture or rather a a reporting culture, but a listening culture. So, Matt, uh, first of all, welcome back. Uh, Hello, Tom. It is good to be here. So, Matt, what was the event that led uh, that you participated in, which led to the blog post? Well, this was a webinar that I had moderated the other week with Compliance Line, where we had wanted to talk about uh, how you can assess and measure your workplace culture, which I'm sure is near and dear to compliance officers' hearts. But then even after you have an assessment of your culture, how do you cultivate more of a speak-up culture? And that was the theme of it. That was the title of it, was how to foster a uh, speak-up behavior. Uh, but what intrigued me, Tom, was right away, many of the guests and the listeners, and we had a great discussion and lots of comments from the listeners throughout the whole hour populating the chat box. The listeners really just they even challenged the notion of speak-up culture. They latched on right away to the idea that uh, as good as speak-up culture might be, which it is, the more important thing is a listen-up culture for management. And I really liked that turn of phrase, and we can talk about what it means and whatnot, but uh, I was just struck by how many people so quickly said it's not just speak-up culture. The more important thing is the listen-up culture, and that's more of a management challenge. 
So Matt, maybe I could uh, ask you to break things down a little bit, and we could start with really what is uh, not so much a, re- a reporting line or any of the requirements from Sarbanes-Oxley through to Dodd-Frank and in a best practices compliance program, but what is a culture of speak up? As you recall, uh, Kyle Welch wrote a paper about that, and he talked about a culture of speak up. What uh, what did you conclude that a culture of speak up means? Well, a culture of speak up, I would interpret as uh, a organization where employees are not afraid to bring issues of concern to management so that those things get addressed. Uh, and in fact, I did the ideal would that be that management wants employees to come and speak up about their concerns and employees want to speak up about their concerns. Um, and we should say that according to several different authors and researchers and experts out there, Kyle Welch, for example, he has documented that the more speak up culture you have measured as the more internal reports you, the company have, the more you have that relative to your peers, the better your business performs on a host of different metrics. Um, you know, fewer lawsuits, smaller settlements when lawsuits do come along, but even more uh, unusual things like fewer bad headlines, um, better return on assets, which is a way of measuring how efficiently a company turns a profit with the assets that it has at its disposal, things like that. So there was Kyle Welch who's been talking about the benefits of a speak up culture, but we should also remember that according to Ethisphere, which has spent many, many, many years uh, documenting and researching and studying corporate cultures and interesting statistics about corporate ethics. You know, most employees, they want to speak up. A large number of employees want to speak up, and most of them want to speak up because they want to see the company succeed. So the raw material is there, I would argue, for a speak up culture. I mean, when you see statistics like 85%, I think it is, 85% of employees want to speak up because they want to see their company succeed. You know, managers should be doing handsprings over that news. That's great because I've been at places where I've had coworkers who would not want to speak up if the building were on fire. They couldn't be bothered. Um, so there's a lot of enthusiasm for a speak up culture, but then there are barriers and we can talk about that. But I would say the barriers are more that management does not have a listen-up culture. And that's really what a lot of the participants on my original webinar there, what they had zeroed in on as the big problem. Well, before we get to the listen-up culture, in your blog post, and I think uh, correctly citing uh, Ethisphere, there were some barriers to even speak up. What did you see from Ethisphere that uh, either concerned you about uh, getting to a speak-up culture or ECI or even L? RN, I think, have also had similar uh, evidence uh, that uh, there are some factors that keep people from speaking up in addition to the fact that management has not even started listening yet. Well, uh, I would say that uh, the two big barriers are, and this should surprise exactly no one, uh, number one concern among employees, we will suffer retaliation if we speak up. And number two, nothing will get done about this problem if I speak up. And I would argue that both of those things are really employees just saying in a more precise way, 
I don't think management is going to listen when I bring up this problem that I see. Uh, maybe they are going to only listen to the extent that management's waiting for me to stop talking so they can come after me or tell me why I'm doing something wrong or whatever. Or maybe management won't do anything at all, and I'm just going to talk into the void. But really, those two concerns about retaliation and nothing getting done, that's just a different way of saying management's not going to listen to me, so why should I bother speaking up? So that really leads to the listen-up part. What did you hear in the webinar which really struck you around uh, the key component here is management actually listening? Well, I would even abstract it out just a little bit more when we say a listen-up culture is important because I think most compliance officers would say, yes, I agree with that. But probably a fair number of them would also say, yes, that's a cute turn of phrase. But what does a listen-up culture actually mean? Well, my thesis would be that this is really about demonstrating responsiveness to workers' complaints because that's what leads employees to believe that management is listening to them. They see some specific direct response to the complaints they're bringing and that results in actions that they can see and accept as the, the actions are legitimate. Maybe even the action the company takes isn't exactly what I thought it would be when I spoke up. But you know what? OK, I see that they heard me. It's really it's about responsiveness. That's the key point. And so then you can start to kind of game out. Well, what does that mean for a compliance program being responsive to complaints? Uh, I would think that. Part of it is what we could say, describe as it's mechanical. It is your program, your internal reporting, hotline, whistleblower program. Uh, it needs to demonstrate some sort of response to whatever comes in over the hotline. Yes, we have heard you. Thank you. We will follow up in two weeks. Two weeks later, we're still looking into this. Could you give us a bit more information? We've looked into this. We have some resolution. Here's what we're going to do. And I understand that you have to be somewhat careful in what you can tell employees about what you might do to resolve a complaint. But, you know, for the vast, for the vast number of large companies that are going to get thousands of complaints over the course of a year, you're going to need some sort of automated mechanical way to show the employee who's speaking up. Yes, we have heard your complaint. It's been logged. Yes, we're looking into it. Yes, we're still looking into it. Yes, but we need more information. Yes, we've resolved it. We can tell you this, but not that. Or even something like, yes, we've heard it. And now this is serious. We need to call you in because we need an investigation and we need your help. But it's about a conversation like that. But, but Tom, I think my other concern is uh, more about mid-level managers, because we also all on this podcast here, we all know that most internal complaints don't come over the hotline. They come from an employee going to their manager saying, well, this is an issue. What should we do about it? So it's really more about training managers to understand this is a complaint. So we need to be responsive. We need to be responsive in the right way, not discarding it very callously, not threatening retaliation, not telling them to shut up or any of that. But I was really struck thinking about this, about just how important it is to train middle managers on how to intake complaints, how to handle complaints, how to demonstrate that responsiveness. Uh, because as I said in my post, at least compliance officers have an advantage. When something comes in on the hotline, you know it's a complaint. You know you're going to have to respond to it. You know what you're getting. 
when an employee knocks on the manager's door and says, do you have a minute? You have no idea what that whistleblower is going to be saying. Maybe it's not a complaint at all. Maybe it's something about some piece of equipment is broken. Maybe it's going to be, well, there's accounting fraud going on. Maybe it's a harassment complaint. Maybe they're going to talk about the sports games over the weekend. Managers always have to be ready to lurch into this whistleblower mentality mode, I'll call it, where you have to be aware of thinking this is a complaint. There's a process. I have to loop in compliance probably because it's going to be serious, but I have to show these people that I'm being respectful for the company. I'm hearing their complaint. I'm taking down the right information. Like it's a complicated process and you never know when you're going to stumble into whistleblower complaint mode if you're the manager. So I, I really more than anything else from that webinar was just struck about the enormous importance of getting training for middle managers correct. As much as I like a good hotline program and a good investigation and everything else, you're going to live and die on a listen up culture by having the managers trained in how to be listeners in that culture. And frankly, I don't know how often we're very good at that at large organizations, but like that was my big takeaway. And now a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. So let me drill down on that a little bit, because that struck me as as the key, I don't want to say missing link, because I think it's recognized now. But how does, or, or perhaps in the event and webinar, did you have any participants talk about how they train their middle managers? Do they have a middle management training session? Do they put a toolkit together? Do they give them some uh, suggestions about how to respond, who to call, or do they just say, be a good listener and, and go forth and prosper? Uh, so not on the webinar specifically, people weren't really giving too many examples along those lines, but Tom, over the course of talking about corporate culture, over the years, various compliance offices have listed off just about every single example you gave me. And it does strike me that um, teaching managers to be good whistleblowers or not good whistleblowers, good listeners, like that is something that must be taught and must be trained. It is not just something where you say, and please be a good listener. And by the way, we'll see you next quarter or we'll see you at your performance review. That, I think, is a recipe for disaster. And I think in particular – I would advise compliance professionals to really zero in on people who are managers for the first time, uh, either being promoted from line staff to manager or being coming into your company new from outside the organization as a manager, even if they were managers somewhere else. You know, they have to be tuned to listen in the right way for your organization. And what are the policies and procedures we have when you do have a complaint? Not just how to be sympathetic empathetic and listening in the moment. But then when the employee leaves, you swing into action with, I call the compliance team on this, or I take down these details, or I follow this procedure. Uh, it is something where you need to be trained. I don't necessarily know that I would be good at it. And I've been a manager for 10 years over the course of my career. Um, so it is something that I think all managers should be trained on, especially when they are new to these roles. And then Remedial, not remedial, but continuing ongoing training over the course of your career, because it really is something where you can tune yourself out or you can think you know what's going on and you can take things for granted 
as a manager and employees will pick up on that. And then they will realize this person's not listening to me. This person's waiting for me to leave or they're waiting for me to be done talking so they can tell me what they want. And there's all sorts of ways it could go wrong. So the need for training, I I couldn't underline it enough in my blog post. So now the uh, report has come in either through the hotline or through a face-to-face with an employee and their manager. And you also talked about the role of compliance now in setting expectations. Why did you feel like uh, that was so important for the compliance function after the report has come in, whatever the source? Well, uh, this is something that one of the listeners suggested, and both of the guest speakers on the webinar said they thought it was a fairly good idea, and I think it was a great idea. And the idea is this, is that when a whistleblower is submitting a report, either to the manager or they're in your office, in the compliance office, just ask them right there at meeting number one, what sort of discipline do you think would be appropriate if this allegation is true? And hear what they have to say, because it it really gives compliance officers an opportunity to set expectations with the whistleblower that, okay, we're probably not going to fire Fred in accounting because he ate your slice of birthday cake at the office party. That is not an appropriate expectation, Uh, you know, but you might have to tell the whistleblower what is or isn't appropriate discipline for the level of offense, Um, because I think a lot of people go into a complaint and they will only think that I have been heard if this resolution is settled according to what I think it should be settled to. I do think Fred should be fired for eating my slice of cake. Isn't that what every company does? Well, no, dude, it's not. And so slow your roll. And you need to communicate those kind of things because if somebody just submits the complaint, well, Fred ate my slice of birthday cake. And then six weeks later, they're saying, well, Fred didn't get fired. What the hell? This company is just not listening to me. They don't care about what we say. They just care about moving on with the business. And they never really were told that expecting somebody to get fired for eating your slice of cake is not appropriate and it is not realistic and that's not going to happen. Um, so you have a good opportunity to demonstrate to them that you are listening to them, start a conversation. You might even, depending on the exact complaint, have an opening to say, well, If the complaint is really what you're saying, it would be great if we could get this extra evidence. Do you know where we could find that? Could you help us investigate? You can create a relationship with the whistleblower. But I think more than anything else, it's just important to set expectations with them so that they understand the complaint gets settled the way the company believes it should be settled, not the way you believe it should be settled. That's not us listening to us. Us listening to us is having a conversation, not just agreeing blindly with whatever sort of punishment or discipline you, the whistleblower, want to wreak all over the company. Um, but a lot of people, and I have seen this in practice myself, and I know others have as well, they'll see that something isn't done to their satisfaction, and they'll translate that as, I wasn't listened to, I wasn't heard. Clearly, they would have, if they'd heard me and listened to me and took me seriously, they would have fired the entire accounting team for whatever might have happened. You know, that kind of thing. That's where you need to nip that in the bud because it is a terribly corrosive threat to corporate culture. It can spread like wildfire because we all like to be cynical on the job. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I thought it was a great idea is just to ask people, what would you expect for appropriate discipline 
if this allegation is true. And then, you know, you can level set from there, but it opens the door to have that conversation. Matt, the blog post we've been referring to that we're going to link to in the show notes is entitled Corporate Culture Speak Up Versus Listen Up. But you had a line in the blog post which really struck me as perhaps even more powerful than your title. And it was, it's a conversation. That's what a a listen-up culture is all about. And I really wanted to maybe end by asking you to focus on that word conversation, because that struck me as, as perhaps one of the most powerful insights. It's not a word that typically scares people, but it also communicates that it's uh, a two-way uh, street, uh, I hate to say two-way conversation, define a word with the word. Nevertheless, it, it really struck me that, that that's what this is, and that's a conversation that shows respect that shows humility, humanity, and that we actually care enough to listen about you. So I was wondering if you might end with a few words about it's just a conversation. Well, uh, I agree with all of what you just said there. I think some of the key words are about what you want to do is humanize this interaction with the whistleblower, and you want to bring a bit of humility because a lot of whistleblowers are scared to blow the whistle because the corporation is much larger than them. And it has got a lot more powerful, uh, more power. And they're very tied up in their own personal success depends on how the company allows that success to proceed. They could retaliate. They could dock your pay. They could take your lucrative assignments away. They could take you off the promotion track and whistleblowers know all of those kind of things. So they're scared when they go to report to a large organization and to humanize and to bring a bit of humility to it will make them feel more comfortable that, yes, this company cares about what I am seeing going on, and so I'm going to work with them to root out this problem. And if you have employees who care about it that way, and like that was, if they have that mentality, I will work with them to solve this problem. That is the speak up culture that we talked about 20 minutes ago about the importance of it and all the benefits that flow thereof. It all starts by forging that, I guess, more personal relationship with the whistleblower. And you do that by having the conversation. And I'm not sure uh, we usually conclude that it's perhaps the simplest explanation is the best, but it, it really seems to me after you kind of walked us through that, that the simplest explanation is, is really just that it's, it's a conversation going forward. Is that a lesson that we could take forward from this? You know, it's a lesson that my uh, wife, the kindergarten teacher, tries to impart to five-year-olds, might even work with some of my own kids someday. But yes, sometimes the lesson really is that simple. Well, Matt, this has been a great episode, and I look forward to seeing what we come up with next week. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. I hope you will take a listen or look at the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, Effing Argentina. It's a really fun series where I visit with Greg Greenberg, the author of Effing Argentina, and it's a tale of exasperation in the modern world. Greg wrote 11 short stories of exasperation, and in this season of Effing Argentina, we go through each one. It premieres this week on the Compliance Podcast Network. You can also check it out on YouTube, Effing Argentina. I know you'll enjoy it. I hope you'll join Matt and I again next week for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.